0: Hello, herd, and welcome to another episode of the Nerd, Herd, and Main show. I am your herd leader, John Wayne.
1: And I am the living embodiment of famine. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pestilence. That's the one. I feel. Or you angry. could just say your name. I'm Megan. Hi.
0: Hi. i <laughs> mom.
1: <laughs> I feel like... He, it's been a sick week.
0: It's it's just been one of those weeks where there's just been stuff going around. Everybody's sharing it,
1: yeah. but
0: nobody wants it. Yep. All that good stuff. So if you hear us cough, if you hear us sniffle, <clears throat> you'll just have it. to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help it.
1: We are human.
0: And you want the Star Wars, so, which is why you're here, Hopefully. apparently. I mean, if you came for anything other than Star Wars... I'm not really sure uh, what you expect to get, because you probably won't get it. Because all we brought is Star Wars to this Star Wars party. Um, and so, uh, with that, uh, we have a little bit of a reschedule. So, normal, uh, not normally, um, we were originally scheduled to be talking with Michael Morisi, uh, author of the Flight of the Falcon Star Wars Adventures comic series, uh, and other awesome work. Um And so we were supposed to sit down and talk with him, but uh his crazy schedule blended with our crazy schedule meant that we had to reschedule uh and so he will be on uh just in a couple weeks and so this week yeah. we are talking about uh something we had said we would talk about for quite a while, and uh so we're continuing our women of the galaxy focus this time on uh the rogues, so the smugglers and assassins and bounty hunters and the ladies that just generally don't fall to Empire or Sith or to Jedi and Rebellion and kind of walk in between. They might find themselves on a particular leaning towards a particular side but they're not affiliated um fully with any particular side. Yeah. We've talked about the good ladies, we've talked about the bad ladies, now we're talking about the ladies in between. And, um, you know, as we've said before, uh, just as many women of the galaxy as, as there are to talk about, um, this is probably not the last we will do a Women of the Galaxy episode. Um, there's a pretty good chance it you will see it uh, come up again. When exactly, we don't know. We yeah. weren't exactly expecting to do this uh, as soon as we did it, but uh, the splot, the the splot, the space opened up, uh, I think I was trying to say space and slot at the same time, <laughs> um, but yeah, the space opened up, and so we decided, hey, we've been saying we would do it, so let's do it.
2: Do so it. So
0: we're doing it. Um, do it. Again. And so that's our main show, but before we get there, as always, we do have some news. We actually have... A good bit of news. There was a lot going on over the weekend um, and in the later week, uh, last week, for Star Wars announcements and Star Wars deets. Uh, still no uh, episode 9 title, but I'm not heartbroken about it. Um, I think given as much news as we have been getting about other things,
2: mm-hmm.
0: haven't really... I don't want to say cared. I'd like to know the title. But it's just... I think since we keep up with all the news, you know, we're not just waiting on movie news. We're keeping up with everything. Not just because we talk about it on the podcast, but also because we care about quite a lot. We read the books. We read the comics and so forth and so on. So I think with all the news that we have been getting. Mm
1: -hmm. um, I regret getting them bell collars now.
0: Oh, yeah. You might hear our cats. They have... (laughs) New collars and they have bells on them, so you might hear that in the background every now and then.
1: Very jingly.
0: Um, but yeah, so I haven't really felt the effects of not having a episode nine title.
1: Yeah. Also, remember when the Avengers title came out and we were all sad? I'm not wait. I'm not ready oh. for <laughs> that again.
0: I'm yeah. good. Uh, well, um, I mean, we've played along a little bit with some of the theorizing yeah. of the title and everything, but we haven't really gotten too yeah. caught up with it
1: episode nine the ninth one i like that one
0: i think we're f- I, th- I think we're both kind of just in that phase of just being good with knowing it when we know it and
1: yeah
0: i've never i don't i haven't actually put that much weight on like a title
2: Mm-mm.
0: i don't really think that's been a thing before because <clears throat> i don't know it's I, I i don't think i've ever paid that much attention to it like when yeah not even you know when the last jedi came out it i i, I wasn't like, oh, what are they going to call it? You know, I was <laughs> just waiting for the trailer.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It, it's a new fascination. I'm not sure where it came from exactly, but everybody's obsessed with what this title will be. And I I worry about that because I think that's going to set a lot of people up for disappointment with, yeah you know, them filling in their own expectations a little bit too much.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. <coughs> we...
0: <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Speculate responsibly. That's all <laughs> I was going to say, basically.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to theorize. And we've yeah. said that before. I mean, we theorize. Yeah. But we hold on to it loosely because more than likely we're going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and at the same time, it it's just wise to do that so you don't disappoint yourself too much.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, it, but, I mean, that's not, we're not trying to dampen. If you want to theorize, if you have theorized, if you really like your. Idea for the Episode nine title, cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, just hope that feelings aren't hurt if it's not what you expect it would be. Yeah. Because that's kind of been the trend for Star Wars lately is, you know, it's okay, it's not what I wanted. Or it's terrible because it's not what I wanted. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just... I think a lot of it just is how we go into it. But anyway, mm-hmm. that was a whole thing I didn't expect to talk about. But <laughs> we did get... um. All that said, we did get a good bit of news, especially if you're into books and comics and Galaxy's Edge. Uh, nothing really gaming-wise. You know, Dooku's yeah. out. His new appearance has been revealed. And People
1: were upset about it.
0: I don't know what you for expect. Some we knew... I think everybody was thinking it was going to be his pajamas, and <laughs> it's not his pajamas.
1: I love his pajamas, though. I think
0: it's fine that it's not his pajamas. That would be the most ridiculous thing to put in Battlefront, I think, and...
1: Maybe, like, mod it,
0: guys. My, my thing is... Mod it. <laughs> I, I just... I get frustrated when it seems like the people that are trying to beat down the door of EA um, in in terms of getting Battlefront content are the people that are constantly trashing Battlefront content.
1: Yeah. It it feels like that sometimes. You Definitely. know,
0: um, these people put a lot of emphasis that Dooku was going to be the best and was going to save the game, and... Then he gets one extra appearance, and it's like the tables have turned, and I I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's been frustrating to keep up with that, and, you know, it looks a lot, like, almost every time Star Wars posts something, people are just commenting, where's the Star Wars title, where's the Star Wars title, give me a Star Wars title, what's wrong with, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: And same thing with EA, whenever they post something, it's like, when are you going to do this character, when are you going to do this map, when are you going to do this thing, and it's just like,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yes. I I say I share all that not knowing what the problem is nor what the solution yeah. is, just venting my frustrations with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If
1: you're afraid that it's not going to be what you expected, valid. But remember, fear leads to anger. Anger Pretty leads much. to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And you know just what? Just be so open-minded. You might get your arms and your leg cho- chopped off. <laughs> And in the most lava. extreme case,
0: in the most extreme case possible,
1: but it's happened.
0: Um, just, just be open minded, my gamer dudes. Um, <laughs> be chill about it get and the bread. Just, it's a game. Take it easy. Eat it
1: slowly. Um,
0: the only other thing you uh, you know is that some game that was in development, I had no idea about. Um, yes, I in fact did not know about all the Star Wars news that was out there, um, but it apparently. Um, moved its assets to another game, Star Wars game project. Yeah. Um people are saying like it oh it's not it's completely from what I've read it's not completely dead. It's just move assets meaning Yeah. they've decided that's not actually the story we want to tell or the game we want to do. So we're redoing uh we're re- refocusing and everything. Yeah. Um Jedi Fallen Order is still on track to be released this fall. Um I did not know that the game director for God of War Three is actually um leading uh the development of that. So that's actually pretty cool. Um but yeah, I mean that's still on track. Uh it's released later this year. Like the other game we had no details about, so everybody kind of throwing tables and losing their minds. I mean yeah. I, we know we didn't really know much about it. Yeah. Or at least I did. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. people knew what I didn't know. But, I I don't know. I don't, I just, look, I like yeah. Battlefront, and when I don't feel like playing Battlefront, I play Star Wars, Lego, or I play Force Unleashed. I, like, I'm not,
2: Yeah.
0: I don't think Lucasfilm is failing because they haven't released a new single-player game. Yeah. I just, I think it's bigger than that.
1: Here's the thing. Star Wars Twitter, I'm talking to you right now. Take a nap. <laughs> Drink some tea. <laughs>
0: Eat Sleepy your crackers. T- eat
1: your crackers. Just go chill in the corner for a minute. There's a bean bag, There's a fan and some comic books over there. Just take a minute.
0: Yeah, I mean... And chill
1: the heck out, man.
0: <laughs> you know, now, caring about things and wanting things to succeed is one thing, but yes. I mean, just... That's valid. Don't Don't go crazy. It's not that serious. Star Wars isn't dying. It's not failing. It's fine. It will be fine. And yeah. at the end of the day... Would you have rather them release a terrible game because you demanded it, or would you rather them deliver a good game uh, but make you wait for it?
1: Yeah. Like, I've been waiting so many years for the next o- Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. Y'all can wait a little bit
0: longer. <laughs> they, yeah, it'll be fine.
1: They announced that they're going to make an Elder Scrolls 6 at E3
0: with did, no did context. They? Well, that's exactly what they did with jo- Jedi Fallen Order no too, though. Context.
1: It was just, like, an aerial shot of some mountains. And I was like, Elder Scrolls, you're back. I love you so much. I thought
0: that was a remastered version, not... uh, Oh, it's a sequel?
1: Sequel. Cool. It's Elder Scrolls Yeah, I mean, that's
0: basically what they did with Jedi Fallen Order, was they were just like, hey, we're working on a game. Okay?
1: (laughs) And this is a testament to how much Bethesda (coughs) owns my rear end, is I'm gonna wait with, like, bated breath for more of this stuff.
0: Now, the thing is... If it's releasing in fall, we're probably getting something at celebration. Probably. So, it'll be fine.
1: It'll be fine. It'll be
0: fine. So, but that Life goes on. Yeah, for not having comic or uh, not, for not having uh, gaming news, that was a.
1: Yeah, we went on a tangent there. Anyway, John, you want to hear about some comic news?
0: I do want to hear about some comic news.
1: Uh, out today is Age of Republic Anakin and Star Wars number sixty
0: one. Um, um. What.
1: Age of Republic Anakin looks really good.
0: I've already read it. It's really great. Um, it's different than all the others before it, but not not like in a significant or bad way. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a bit of a different focus, uh, and I actually like it, and it act, it'll it create quite the conversation of, okay, that's Anakin. How does that fit in with our understanding of Anakin versus Vader? And it's, a re- <coughs> it's a really interesting... Uh, really well done um, comic, and it's the first time it hasn't felt like it was too short. It felt like it was just right. Um, Qui-Gon and Darth Maul for some reason, I don't know if it's just because of how energized I was to read it, it just felt like it went by too quick. Mm -hmm. This one, it felt like it had really good pacing and everything and so I think it worked very well.
1: Yeah. Um... Also, another comic is Galaxy's Edge comic from IDW publishing was announced. And from the little we know about it, it sounds like we're going to be in line it's going to be in line with the Star Wars Adventure line of comics. Which that's the kind of kids comic going on right now. Mhm. Well, I'm not going to say kids, young readers.
0: I I really enjoy Star, Star Wars, Wars Adventures. Fans. Um like we mentioned, Michael uh, maurice has been working on that, and we've really enjoyed his series. Um, you know, and they do emphasize this is for all ages. It's, it's just... I think it's simpler. mm mm-hmm. um, And I don't think that that's in any way a criticism or a bad thing or to mean it's dumbed down or kiddy. It's just that it's it focuses on being simple and fun and straightforward adventure.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Um if you want to get a good idea of the balance of Star Wars Adventure Comics and what IDW is doing with Star Wars, mm-hmm. read the Tales from Vader's Castle. It's a great, simple, fun, straightforward story, but it also manages to be really epic and awesome in, in its storytelling, and that's largely due to the writing of Kevin Scott. Um, but overall...
1: Good job, Kevin Scott. It's
0: just a really good series, and I think it's going to continue to be a good series. They announced, you know, we talked about it last week or the last time we did the main show, actually, um, that they announced a Galaxy's Edge five-issue series. So that seems like the main comic series, and this seems like the Star Wars Adventures version. hmm Um, but I expect it'll be fun and really, en- really enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Um, so we got some book news, John. We got a lot of book news. Yes, we do. Um... So, new synopsis for Master and Apprentice, which is out April 16th. Uh, we see that the book will focus on the tension between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan as the Master fears that he is failing his Apprentice, and the Apprentice feels that he is failing his Master. Uh, in the last synopsis, we also read, When Jedi Rail Avaros... Did I do that right?
0: I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard it read, so it, you're, it's assumed.
1: Okay, I'm going to co- go ahead and call them Rail. Uh, another former student of Duku requests their assistance with a political dispute. Jin and Kenobi—that's weird to say—travel um, to the royal coat of Court. Pijal. Court. Court. Thank Court you. Of uh, for what may be their final mission together, what should be a simple assignment quickly becomes clouded by their de- by deceit and visions of violent disaster that take hold in Qui-Gon's mind. As Qui-Gon's faith in the prophecy grows, Obi-Wan's faith in him is tested. Just as the threat surfaces that will demand that Master and Apprentice come together as never before or be divided forever. We kind of know how this one ends because, you know,
0: well, yeah, but movies.
1: <laughs> but at I the think, same time. I think
0: it's going to explain how such a, a loose and balanced Jedi like Qui-Gon could teach in and believe in a very by-the-book Uh, in rigid Jedi like Mm Obi-Wan and I think it's gonna I think it clearly touches that he's going to start on his journey of believing in prophecy and believing in the more looseness of the force rather than no, this is the way it is and this is what it does and and you know, Mm. like just hammering on rigidity I think it's gonna kind of start him on the path of why could he see this kid and just all of a sudden be like yep, chosen one Um, and he kind of starts, if you've read the Age of Republic Qui-Gon, he has a vision there, and so I think this is probably going to take place maybe after that, where it's dealing with him continuing down that path of the Force is doing something, and I feel like I have to be a part of that, but I feel like that's taking me away from being a good master to Obi-Wan. All the while, Obi-Wan is trying to follow the rules and be a good Jedi, but he feels like He's never earning his master's respect, and so it's like this balance game. I I think I think it sounds really interesting because the characters of Qui Gon and Obi Wan should be in conflict. Yeah, they're two very different characters, and then you add on top of that the knowledge that oh, then there's Count Dooku to take into account, and Mm -hmm. so you basically have Obi Wan on the left field of you know Jedi poster boy. You have Dooku on right field of Jedi are terrible and all wrong about the Force. And then you have Qui-Gon in between yeah. playing the balance. Uh, and I think that's exactly the kind of story that's worth telling in mm-hmm. this instance. Um, I think we were in the boat of hoping, hey, well, because we had no idea what it could be. So it was kind of like, oh, maybe it'll be about when they were on Mandalore and he met Satine. It's not that, and I think that's fine. Um, it could even still be referenced, maybe. Yeah, I mean... You know, if Obi-Wan's having doubts in his master, he could even be like, man, I should have really stayed with Satine on Mandalore. Yeah.
1: I read something very funny today that I forgot to share with you. Oh, yeah? It was a theory that the reason Obi-Wan fell in love with Satine was because, you know, Mandalorians, they use jetpacks, and so they have the natural high ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. Yeah, That's stupid, but it's funny. It's
1: incredibly <laughs> stupid, but I like
0: it. So, <laughs> I, I think and we only read part of the the synopsis that's only the third paragraph of the synopsis yeah it gives a good it's bit wordy. um it it's re- it really has me excited for the story that this is telling i think it's a great uh story and i think it's i think it's what yeah. what we um i don't know how i'm trying to say this i think it's what the story
2: yeah. would
0: be you know again i think their characters should be in conflict and seeing that is going to be really interesting yeah because we get a little bit that in the Phantom Menace, where it's like, you'd be on the master, uh, you'd be on the uh, council if you just listen to them. I don't know why you're, like, and you know, oh, they think the boy's dangerous. I don't know why you don't see that. And uh, you know, you see Obi One challenging Qui Gon yeah. quite a lot,
1: which kind of makes me feel like maybe Qui Gon kind of encouraged that kind of behavior. Like I, we both we work with kids a lot, and we encourage them all the time: ask questions, don't just take my word. As law. You know, find out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's kind of the environment that Qui-Gon wanted for Obi-Wan. For him to be willing and able to ask questions. Maybe. Maybe.
0: I don't I don't quite see it as the same situation as that. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I think even if Qui-Gon cre- allowed that kind of environment to be created, I don't think it went the way he thought. Because I think instead of being intuitive of... The Force and and whatnot. Instead, he's just. Why aren't you more like what the Jedi should be? When yeah. in fact the Jedi aren't what the Jedi should be. Yeah. And um, which is a big conflict yeah. for Qui Gon.
1: And that's not to say that Obi Wan outright disliked Qui Gon. he no. obviously had a great deal of respect and yeah, love he, for he, his master. He
0: valued him, and yeah. their relationship is strong. I think. If anything, Obi-Wan looked at it as he could have been better if he would just have listened to the council. If he had just been, yeah. you know, been a more obedient Jedi. I think, if anything, he just, he thought, not less of Qui-Gon, but I think he thought that Qui-Gon didn't ever reach full potential.
1: Mm-hmm. He didn't understand Qui-Gon. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you don't
1: understand me, Dad. I mean, so those someone- are, those
0: are all the one, like, those are all the crazy things that could be explored in this book. And that's why I think it's so great. um, Is even right there just talking about, you know, what possibilities there are.
1: Yeah. Um, We got a lot to go through. So let's keep going. Um, We also got three quotes from the book thanks to the Amazon pre-order page. One from Dooku, one from Qui-Gon, and one from Mm Obi-Wan. The Obi-Wan one. Is rules are rules for a reason. They are not arbitrary. The Jedi rules exist to steer us toward the greater good and to reduce uncertainty. That is the most Obi Wan quote I've ever read with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, Dooku's is anyone who begins a journey farther along the path of the Force should be afraid. The dangers are many, and the struggle is eternal. Struggle is real.
0: <laughs> They're basically. They're basically.
1: Um, Qui Gon's is what. What use are ideals if we cannot fix them to the universe as fit them to the universe as we find it? If our beliefs tell us one thing and the needs of real people tell us another, then can there be any question of which we should listen to? Boom. Well, that,
0: what? <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's like I said. Obi Wan believes the rules are good. Dooku believes the rules are bad, and uh, Qui-Gon's in that middle of saying that the rules don't matter if we aren't who we should be. Yeah. You know, great, you're following the rules, but how how is that helping people? And if it's not helping people, how can you help people, even if it's against the rules? Exactly. (coughs) Fun fact, the Anakin uh, Age of Republic issue touches on that a little bit today, so check that out.
1: Sometimes not helping is just as bad as hurting. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. Um. So, we got another book announcement. Star Wars Myths and Fables will be released in August, written by George Mann with illustration by Grant Griffin. That's a lovely set of names. Mm-hmm. When I think of the name George Mann, I just picture a man. <laughs> you know the uh, the sign on the men's restroom. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's him.
0: <coughs> I don't think he looks quite like that. But... Not my joke,
1: by the way. <laughs> um. In the middle grade novel, hear the thrilling space tales, fables, and myths that are told in a galaxy far, far away. The book features two stories that will take place on the remote, outer rim world of Batu, plus many other untold tales from the edge of the galaxy, lushly illustrated in a style that pays homage to the real-world children's classics. That makes me excited.
0: It looks amazing, and I think if I had to pick which one I'm most excited about, out of the recent announcements, this one's probably it because it's a first of all, it's an anthology, and I love these kinds of uh, Star Wars books because it tells multiple stories. Second, it's dealing with uh, very fairy tale reminiscent stories. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. they
0: they had an excerpt on Star Wars .com of Night and the Dragon. I mean, and it's about a Tusken Raider hunting a crate dragon on Tatooine, Sick. but it resembles our. Typical idea of a fantasy of a knight and a dragon.
1: Remind me what a crate dragon is.
0: Uh, it's a dragon. You know that skeleton, um, that's strewn about in the jungle waste as C-3PO is walking around? Yes. That's a crate dragon. Now, Ooh. fun fact, Big boy. that might be the body of the dragon that's killed in this, if the dragon gets killed. I don't know how the story goes.
1: That would be cool. <coughs> we only got an excerpt. Cool.
0: We didn't get the whole thing. But, um, yes, so... Uh, this was part of six books that were, uh, six books slash comics that were released all touching on or focusing on Batu,
2: mm-hmm. or Galaxy's
0: Edge. We knew about the first comic series, the kids comic series was announced earlier, we t- just talked about that. Then there's this and a few more that we're going to talk about. Yep. But I think this one's the most interesting sounding.
1: Yes, definitely. Um... In the same vein, we've got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate. Um, also out in August, written by Zoreda Cordova.
0: Yes. Pretty name, if that's how you say it.
1: Yeah, it's very pretty. Um, in this young adult novel, Izzy and Jules were best friends until, until Izzy's family abruptly left Batuu when she was six years old. Now she's back, and Jules, the boy who never left, is unsure what to make of her. While on the run from vengeful smugglers and an angry pirate... Mm. Mm. The two friends will come to terms with who they are and what they mean to each other. It's probably gonna be Hondo Kissy Book. Uh
0: I'm maybe. 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 May- well We haven't had true. We haven't really had anything romance focused since uh Very true <laughs> Lost Stars, which is very early on.
1: And you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and save my opinion. For when that comes out. Or save my speculations for that kind of thing.
0: I think, I I mean, yeah. there's nothing that sounds like it'd be wrong about it. It sounds like adventure's happening on Batu. Yeah. And maybe Can't there's wait. a love story there.
1: Maybe someone falls in love with Hondo again. Mm. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire is releasing in September and is written by Delilah Dawson.
0: By the way, that's the Phasma author, if you didn't know. Yes. So, Michael, a
1: lot of if you
0: loved that
2: yeah.
0: novel, which I know you did, then you'll want to put a pin in a couple of these notes because that author's doing a lot of amazing work coming up. <coughs> Sorry, y'all.
1: Does you need a lozenge? No. Do you need a gulp of honey?
0: Nope. I need this news.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, John, are you a fan of Delicious Flavor?
0: Sure. Or
1: Leia Organa? sure. Um in this not <laughs> in this novel, a prequel to the Disney park's experience, General Leia Organa dispatches her top spy v Moradi.
0: v Moradi.
1: whatever to Je- to, but to to jetu who everyone wants to go back to Jettu apparently um in a desperate search for a resistant ally, I'm just going to pronounce everyone's name. Very wrong. <laughs> Just so no one can say, oh, you wrote it wrong. I did it on
0: purpose. <laughs> sure. Uh,
1: the Skywalker Saga will be released in September, and author Delilah Dawson...
0: You know, no one's going to understand news if you keep doing that.
1: I know, I'm sorry. The Skywalker Saga will be released in September, and author Delilah Dawson said this. It's going to be the most exquisitely found Star Wars storybook that you can imagine. That... We'll come back to that. With gorgeous art by Brian Wood... And Words by Me, retelling episodes through, uh, what's those one numbers? One through eight. One through eight. <laughs> through
0: you know, the, the eyes the, of the Skywalker. The one, the one line means one.
1: I want to go ahead. And, and, and the V
0: means five.
1: I only read the five.
0: So if V is five and Shh. a line is one.
1: <coughs> I'm not Roman.
0: Neither I don't am I, need but to know, I can read it.
1: <laughs> I don't need to know numerals, John. I don't read the time by the sun, either, uh, through the eyes of the Skywalkers themselves in a space fairy tale style.
0: Yeah, so Delilah Dawson's got a lot of work coming up.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of uh, female authors like
0: making most stuff. most of what makes up, I think, the authorage of new Star Wars books.
1: Exciting! Uh, Star Wars, the concept art of Ralph McQuarrie, mini-book, releasing in October by Insight Editions, hardcover, 304 pages. All of those that, words are very exciting.
0: I mention that because apparently it can fit in your pocket. I don't I, know how,
1: <laughs> maybe but it can. Maybe men's pockets. Have you seen women's <laughs> pockets?
0: Well, of course it fit in men's pockets. Women don't have any.
1: Exactly! <laughs> exactly! Uh, featuring over 100 stunning <coughs> concept images from the original Star Wars trilogy, as well as the many books and publications inspired by the Star Wars galaxy. Pardon me. This mini-book is bound together at a readable pocket book size and the perfect, perfect collectible item for a Star Wars fans of all ages. Perfect birthday present for a certain herd mom. Yeah. Because I like Ralph Macquarie's art.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, um, that's why I was excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. At first I thought they m- like misquoted when they put mini-book, um, but nope, apparently it'll fit in your pocket. I don't know. Apparently this is part of a series. They're going to be doing a mini book on the Star Wars Marvel covers. I mean, the classic ones. Um, And also slideshow collectible figures. Mm -hmm. Like, a collection of the different figures that they've made over the years. Like, apparently it's just a series they're doing of, you know, you want to keep weird Star Wars picture books in your pockets? Well, here you go.
1: There was a series uh, (coughs) done uh, of... I think most of the John Green novels, where it's, please don't shake my axolotl plushie <laughs> so hard.
0: <laughs> it has such floppy ears.
1: Well, it's an axolotl. <coughs> um, they did a series of John Green books where the books were literally like this big. Mm-hmm. You can't see me because you're a microphone.
0: But it was tiny. But
1: it was very small. They sell them at Target, and I almost bought one, um, just for novelty. Mm -hmm. So, lastly, it was announced that we will be getting an official Galaxy's Edge cookbook, also from Inside Editions, uh, featuring some of the exotic cuisine created for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, as well as dishes drawn from the saga's history, written from home cooks of all ages and skill levels by Chelsea Monroe Castle, who also worked on the Game of Thrones and World of Warcraft cookbooks in the same series. Did you know that there's a Hannibal cookbook?
0: I bet nobody can use it. (laughs) (laughs) It's illegal.
1: (laughs) But yeah, that's one that I've been looking at. But also, this one sounds great.
0: Yeah, because this would actually be useful. Yeah. Other than trying to cook with people.
1: It's purple. Yeah, well, we know. It's been three seasons. Anyway. uh,
0: So lots of books. Hopefully hopefully you took notes on that.
1: Please. Please do. I don't want to have to read it again. Um, So, on to film and TV news. Uh, a Sci-Fi Wire article was posted yesterday by Tara Bennett about her interview with Taka Watiti. Yes. Pertaining to The Mandalorian and The Guardian of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Uh, sadly, he was very clear that he would be not be working on Volume 3 to replace James Gunn, but Watiti did speak out- did speak about a role he played in The Mandalorian that gives us a lot of questions. Okay,
0: so I have to clarify that. It's not clear- to me, yes. if he is saying he was in the role or he was directing the role. Yes, and
1: I think it's meant to be ambiguous.
0: I guess so, because, and you can read the article, We, I retweeted it um, recently, you can decide for yourself what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounded more like he was directing, but also having fun and decided to have a character in it. Mm-hmm. Because the way he makes it sound when he talks about this character's going to appear this and you're doing this, it's not sounding like he's talking about directing someone going through those experiences. It sounded like he experienced it. Yeah. So, it's very confusing. It's not clear. Either way, what he talks about is exciting news. So, just to clarify that before we actually read the quote. Yes. Or before you do. (laughs) Because I can't talk for long, apparently. Yeah.
1: I really loved it. He enthused. John Favreau is a genius and smart and is so good at what he does creating these worlds. The scripts are really great and it was fun doing something in the Star Wars universe. It's every kid's dream just to see a stormtrooper. A storm so when you're doing it in scenes with 50 or 60 of them, it's amazing. I loved it.
0: See, so it's not clear. Was was he in a scene with 50 or 60 stormtroopers? Or was, he, was directing? he directing it? I get not you. Clear. I'm not Twitter. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> I'm just making sure people understand. <laughs> He's getting stoked up, guys. Because apparently it was taken very defensively by some people when I was, like, just voicing my confusion. It's just, I, because I was I was trying to ask other people their uh, take on it. And instead of wanting to give me their take, they just wanted to say, well, you know, he was confirmed to be directing. I understand that. That's why I'm confused. It's okay, baby. Goodness gracious. The internet
1: stays on the internet. They don't know where we live. <laughs> hey.
0: Anyway, here's more a, news.
1: There's a beanbag chair in the corner. More news. Go, go hang out with Star Wars Twitter. More news. Twitter. I'm, I'm getting her. Uh Asked if the project had any leeway for his kind of improvisational comedy. Well, TD said that there was a bit. The Star Wars universe is very different from the Marvel style. Uh, they know that whatever was set up in tone for the first film should be adhered to. But and what the fans like, you can't disrespect it, which is a nicer way of saying you can't put too many jokes in them. But my tone is in there with the dialogue. His character will have something to do with the beloved bounty hunter Boba Fett, which Watiti says was another career highlight. For most kids growing up in, growing up with those films, Boba Fett what is a favorite character, even though he's barely in the films. Getting to see characters like that and being in the shoot with them is very
0: is pretty cool. So it's that last line.
1: Yes, I get it. It's
0: that last line where he's... There's two things. Number one, he makes it sound like he's in the scene with the character. Number two, the character he sounds like he's in the scene with is Boba Fett. <coughs> it's not the same as him just talking about... Oh, it has something to do with Boba Fett. No, he. Uh, the the line is getting to see characters like that and being in the chute with them. Is that Boba Fett?
1: I don't know. Is that Boba
0: Fett? He's from New Zealand. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying. It leaves the door for interpretation that he's talking about Boba Fett.
1: Do you want to know a fun fact about kiwis? Sure. They lay eggs. They lay eggs that are about the size of their body.
0: That's weird for a fruit.
1: <laughs> You're cute. But yeah, they they, yeah, most of their body when they're laying eggs is egg. Pretty neat. It's, it's really neat. They have the largest eggs to body mass ratio. Sorry.
0: So <laughs> it's up to you to decide. Does it sound like Boba Fett's going to be in the Mandalorian? Does it sound like it's just going to talk about him? What do you think? Because it sounds, it sounds pretty optimistic. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe the Mandalorian is Boba Fett. We know nothing and probably won't until Star Wars celebrations, So,
1: John, can I talk about Disney? Sure. The Twitter page at uh, SW. What news is this, by the way? It's it's Galaxy News. Oh okay. It's Galaxy's Galaxy. Edge news? Galaxy News. Janard on Galaxy News. news. <laughs> the Twitter page that I just said at uh, SW underscore Edge, who has been reporting on Galaxy's Edge updates from both Florida and California, posted recently uh, about the updates for the rise of the resistance ride and what to expect from it and it's a diagram
0: Do you see where it starts? Yes. It starts in the the bottom corner. It wasn't it starts clear in to the me bottom? What it, yeah. See the little ship? Oh. The one you're pointing at. Yep. So,
1: it looks like you're going to start loading onto a transport and then get intercepted and taken to a star destroyer and then loaded into ride cars which look a lot like uh the cars that the ship that you ride in on Space Tour Star Tours. Jeez yeah, kind of. Um, And then the riders make their escape Riders face AT-AT walkers And vehicles go up to second level Then the pew 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 And facing Kylo Ren That's literally what it says That's not me vamping (laughs) Um, Ride car loads into shuffle to escape Star Destroyer Shuttle (laughs) Shuttle crashes back on Batuu Ride car exits Crash shuttle and passengers exit Giant hangar room so
0: So it makes it sound yeah. like you're it makes it it gives a reason why yeah. when you leave the ride you're on Batu. Yeah.
1: Um. It's it's more, probably going to be one of those rides that I'm going to have to watch.
0: I don't, on, I don't think it's nearly going to be I really don't think it's going to be nearly that. Yeah. I think that it sounds a lot like The plot of Star Tours in the sense of, hey, this is just a normal ride. Oh, no, spy intercepted. We've got to make an escape. Yeah. And that's going to take us in contact with very familiar characters. And then, okay, we're good. Now we're going to just get out. Oh, but we're actually crashing. But that's okay, because at least we're safe and sound. And you're done.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing about me, guys. (laughs) I have very bad... I have inner ear issues therefore I get motion sick very easily. Also I hate roller coasters.
0: It's not a roller coaster.
1: I I more I um uh, it's I'll cross it, that.
0: it's not it's not a roller coaster. It's not star tours. It it doesn't sound anything like that. I think I think understanding the way the Millennium Falcon ride goes, yeah, I can understand that being a problem for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This one though I really don't think so.
1: Yeah, it's a concern. It's a small one. Well, it sounds like it's gonna be women or
0: children with weak stomachs or uh, <laughs> terrible constitutions stay away from this ride. <laughs>
1: Woman with bad constitution and terrible stomach is gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: it sounds <coughs> very live action Star Wars style, but with one storyline instead of multiple.
0: Yeah, so yeah. very Star Toursy, but. Cause the Millennium Falcon ride's the one doing multiple stories,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which, by the way, if you want to know why Hondo's running rides on the Falcon, then that's why you should be reading Star Wars books because Pirates Price tells you exactly why,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, literally. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I you know we talked about that with uh, with Pirates Price a little bit of you know how interesting it is that. When you're going and experiencing the park, it you really are feeling like you're part of the story. Um, you know, when you walk up and see something happening, you know why it's happening, because you read a comic or read a book, uh, and so forth and so on. So I think it's really awesome what they're doing, and I think it's going to really add to the experience. Um, and just imagine in a couple of years when they make another book, and Honda talks about these crazy no experienced pilots that he let ride the Falcon and trashed it, and you get to be like, hey, that was me and my friends. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, think that's, I think that's what's going to make this special. And you almost have to wonder, will they evolve? Will they always keep the park at the same point in the story, or will it evolve further down the story? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But they're releasing a lot to be excited about, And to garner excitement. I know a lot of people are frustrated that it's a lot of Galaxy's Edge stuff. Especially the people that are talking about they're not even planning to go to Galaxy's Edge. That's cool. You don't have to go to the park. Mm -hmm. You can still read the books. And if you don't, you don't have to read the books. But this is a big release. They're treating it like it's a movie. You know, when every movie we've had released has like what's called a journey to... You know, we had Journey to the Force Awakens. We had Journey to the Last Jedi. Yeah. This is like the journey to um, Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Uh, and I think that's smart because this is a big deal. They want people to be excited about it, uh, and they want it to feel like a full experience. And so, I think it's awesome. I'm, I mean, we say it every time we talk about Galaxy's Edge news. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. We like we love Disney and we love Star Wars, and those two worlds coming together makes us very happy. Yep.
0: Yeah. So sorry about the long news, uh, if you listen to it, but hopefully, I mean, with all the exciting books announced and all the stories that they tell and all the news with the shows and the Galaxy's Edge, you know, there was not really room for skipping anything. And um, It definitely means we're in the right business because we're going to have plenty of Star Wars to talk about for the rest of the year.
2: Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
0: And so now you know what you need to be keeping up with uh, from us here at Nerd herder, all this awesome news so far, we have almost a book every month. Mm-hmm. um starting in April with Master and Apprentice. April, May, June, July, now August, and September, and October.
1: You know what it sounds like they need John What's that? It sounds like they need an audible description Whoa. I almost said I said description. I almost corrected myself with prescription. <laughs>
0: All what I descriptions.
1: Should have said was Guys,
0: get you an audible description. What kind <laughs> of description? All of them.
1: <laughs> Des per seat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so that sounds like a transmission from the Bacon Clan. Uh, so we'll get into that.
1: I'm doing my best, Pussito.
0: So obviously, as we mentioned, with all that book goodness going on uh, and with pretty much one book a month except for a couple of special months that had to be extra, um, it sounds like an Audible subscription is perfect. Number one, because every month with Audible, you get one free book uh, that you can use towards these new books, uh, which is awesome, and it won't take you nearly as long to get through these books. To get on to the next exciting thing because you listen a lot more than you read and it'll probably take you about six seven hours to get through some of these books when if it's left up to you to read it it probably take days uh if, if you're like me you're a slow uh and dissected reader and it takes me forever to get through books and while i don't do audiobooks as much uh, I can say that if I liked audiobooks more, it would be much more helpful for me so that I could get through more books. So don't be like me. Be like you. Be smart and get an Audible subscription. You can get a free 30-day trial with your first two books for free uh, with a link in the description below. Uh, and now, if you're not into uh, audiobooks and you still like the physical copies, we actually have a description... Uh, we have a... Excuse me. Blah, blah, blah. We have a link in the description for the Master and Apprentice pre-order with all the news and the synopsis and details dropping about that exciting book and being it's coming out in just a couple of months, it's around the corner. uh, We wanted to include the link so that you can go ahead and secure your copy of that awesome book and you know if you just don't like having it in your ears you can have it in your hands. We also have a link for something a little different. It's not Star Wars, but, um, we've come to be, um, quite good friends with, uh, Michael Morrissey and have started delving into some of his other great work. He doesn't just work on Star Wars, but other awesome stuff, including, uh, novels and comics. One of his, um, comic series that he's worked on which is, um, completely original is called Wasted Space, um... This comic series uh, originally only had 5 issues and a holiday special, but uh, it recently returned uh, today with a 6th issue, and the whole series is just wackadoodle fantastic. It's so crazy. It's so Star Warsy, but it's also so different, and it's just a beautiful art. Just one, it's, it's a 10 out of 10, 5 stars, awesome comic series that I really recommend you check out, be warned, it's mature, but uh, it's a great read, fun read, uh, and it's ongoing now, and it's a way that you can support somebody who does Star Wars stuff, but also other stuff, um, and so we have a link in the description for the first five-issue collection of Wasted Space, check it out, only $15, and if you like it, you can check out the Holiday Special and issue six that was released today, and um, you can get that on Comixology, you can get that the Kindle, you can get that uh, physical. Whatever way you want to get it, the link in the description will take you to it and you can enjoy it. Other than that, we have the usual stuff. Top Amazon deals in case you don't like anything we threw at you. Uh, Have a subscription for uh, Amazon Prime 30-day free trial. You can check out awesome things like Heroes of the Empire, which is a docudrama about uh, the 501st Legion and all of their wonderful charity work. And you can also watch Star Wars Resistance on there if you want to keep up with that. All kinds of cool stuff. Um, And so, yeah, check out the links in the description below for all that awesomeness. That Star Warsy, y Amazon-y awesomeness. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. alright. One more blurb and then it's back to the show. Alright. So, I'm gonna try and not lose my voice and, and deafen the people with uh, coughs and hacks uh, as we get through this. <clears throat> I promise I'm not dying. Just sounds like it.
2: Maybe. Just a little bit. Uh,
0: so, yeah... Like uh like we mentioned in the intro, this is yet another continuation of our Women of the Galaxy series, and it's really not ours. Uh, it's completely and utterly inspired by Amy Ratcliffe and her amazing book Women of the Galaxy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you haven't heard about that, or if you haven't checked that out, do it. It's full of beautiful art and beautiful uh stories and and bios of the women of the galaxy, of every race and creed and affiliation, including the good gals, the bad gals, and the rogue gals, which is who we're focusing on here, and a little bit more in between. Um, We've, even with this, barely scratched the surface of all of the women of the galaxy that we could be talking about. But um, certainly when that released, we wanted to put a focus on that and continue to want to put a focus on that because as you'll hear from conversations today... Uh, there's some interesting ladies in the galaxy far, far away. Heck yeah! Uh, and so you know, we often think of the good guys and the bad guys um, but how about the ones in between and so we wanted to focus on that a little bit yeah. um, especially since some of these ladies have been in recent view of storytelling from the Clone Wars and comics and everything so we've had a chance to talk about them more so being able to bring that to the main show and talk about that a little bit Um, I think uh, is going to be a fun ride. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And just as an FYI, we're only talking about four ladies here.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's because last time we barely fit four. Yeah. So
1: We had so many.
0: Well, when we did the uh, Heroes Edition, I think we got maybe five... But we also didn't talk as extensively. So basically we're playing our options safe and not trying to have a long list that we have to cut short. Four was what we could fit last time. That's what we're going to try and fit this time. Um, If we missed your favorite rogue lady, don't fuss at us. Uh, But do let us know who your favorite rogue lady is over on Twitter uh, or Facebook, wherever you find yourself. Um, We'd love to hear about it. Uh, But just know that if we could do this all day, we would. And we would cover everyone. But we don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like us to have that kind of time, support us on Patreon. Then exactly. we can do about anything. We could take over the galaxy if you support us on Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, we can only take over an hour. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And barely that. So, <coughs> um, I figured we would start. Uh, and so, yeah. So what we'll kind of do is we'll follow a track of... We'll discuss a lady, talk about her uh, history and lore, and then discuss some more.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds good to Just me. in
0: general, have fun with it. Um, so that way you guys kind of know what to expect. And I figured we would start with someone who has just been recently, like I said, in view, um, thanks to the Clone Wars. Someone who's been in um, recent spotlight, and that is Aura Singh. Um, Orusine has been featured in the last few episodes of the Clone Wars that we've watched. Um, most significantly of those was the ones involving Boba Fett, I think. Um, so you've talked about, we've talked about, or a little bit because we've talked about the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of recap, just pre-pre conversation, you know, what's what's your feelings about Orusine?
1: I think I said about three times when we were watching the last couple of episodes, I don't like Orson. <laughs> I just, I don't. I don't like, I don't like how, uh, she has literally tried to hurt everyone I love in the show. <laughs> almost, uh, almost everyone.
0: Yeah, she tried to kill Padme. <laughs> she tried, she to tried to kill Padme. me. Yeah. tried to kill Boba.
1: Well, no, she left him She for
0: manipulated ben. Boba.
1: She, yeah.
0: Which is almost as bad as killing someone.
1: Exactly. She <laughs> tried to kill Ahsoka. Like, I'm just... I'm not on board with
0: Laura Singh. So, now, would you say that she's living up to expectations of the writers, though, in that you don't like her? Or...
1: I I don't think I'm supposed to like her. Right. Yeah. If that's what you mean.
0: Right, yeah. I get kind of... Yeah. I mean, do you feel like you just don't like her and there's nothing that could change your mind? Or... Do you think you don't like her because you're not supposed to like her?
1: I... Mm, a little, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? Um, I don't like her because she's not a likable character in the show. But also...
0: Well, and, and, yeah. you know and, and that's all you've seen of her, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so given what you know, I mean, there's not much redeemable... With her, there's just... it. Everything she's done so far in the show exclusively has just been...
1: You've got that look on your face.
0: <laughs> the one where I'm trying not to cough every time I say a word?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, also, yes. But also... When I'm, I'm not really hinting anything at
0: anything. <laughs> I'm not hinting at anything.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm simply saying that based on what you've seen, there's nothing that adds context or... No. Likeability—it's not like, uh well, let me uh, let me put it this way: Do you feel like you would need a backstory, or do you feel like you would need something to even consider her an interesting character?
1: Yes, I get where you're going with this.
0: You would so. You, I okay. I, first of all, yes. <laughs> You've, you've established you don't like her.
1: I've established that I don't like her. Does
0: that mean you do not find her interesting?
1: No. It does not mean that I don't find her interesting. I think that her the fact that her species is one that we have not explored very much is very interesting to me. We only know of one other, uh, let me get this right, uh, Paladuvian.
0: Yes. Paladuvian. Yes. Palliduvan. I watched Bucket's List uh, <laughs> over on StarWars.com. Bucket's List. That yeah. That's so um, cute. Be- specifically because uh, they mentioned Valak and the species yeah. and I wanted to hear it. There's a lot of Star Wars words that don't work for me until I hear it.
1: Such a cool name. Yes, I've, we know. It's always going to come out for me. <laughs> like I love that character just because it's such a cool name. Um It's the same thing with the nun.
0: So So uh so you're interested, you just don't like her.
1: Exactly. It's that like,
0: said, yeah. if your interest led you to stories, do you think that could turn her around for you? Not to say all of a sudden you love her, but that you don't shut down her character as much. Does that make sense? No. Because <laughs> right, right, right now it's kind of like Ugh, okay, or a sing. Do you think yeah. if you got a if you got if do you think if you got an or a sing story? Yes that you would be less like, no, I don't like her at all. And you'd be more like, she's a fr- she's frustrating, but eh. Yeah. You know.
1: I think I would pay attention to it. Yeah. I'd look at it for maybe 15 minutes, and then... It probably, it, just... it, it'd probably
0: have to do a lot to convince yeah. you.
1: Here's the thing. I, the way I think of it as, is, as, is, is you, you know? As,
0: as, you know, have you, have, have you ever... <laughs> have you ever had <laughs> a dream... <laughs>
1: like i know we probably don't have a, a ton of wrestling fans out there but in wrestling i don't like
0: wrestling i like wrestling who, who, who,
1: in wrestling there is a concept of you know good guy bad guy the bad guy is called the heel and you're not supposed to like the heel mm-hmm. they are bad guys you you're supposed to root for the face so you you're not supposed to like the mm-hmm. person, therefore, they become very unlikable. Like Shinsuke Nakamura is a fantastic wrestler, but he has recently become a heel and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is off topic.
0: Maybe. It's the I only decided sport it I like <laughs> John. <laughs> it's Leave not me a sport. alone.
1: <coughs> okay. It's not a sport. A gentlemanly sport.
0: <laughs> Wrestling's a sport. Wrestling is not a sport.
1: Well, okay. What is your definition if you don't know what the definition of wrestling,
0: wrestling yes is the stage show that occasionally throws people around a ring. Wrestling is what you see at uh, the Olympics and and in most gymnasium settings and whatnot.
1: Okay, I'm a fan of wrestling. Exactly. Yes, because I used to watch it with my mom, with my grandma.
0: Oh, and I used to watch it with my grandpa. I I mean. I I. What
1: is it about grandparents that produced
0: produces? <laughs> that they didn't have a lot to watch. Okay. It's true. Um, you know, Undertaker, oh. Kane, Sting. You know, right. I I love those, but, so, what I hear you saying is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're always not going to like it. her because she's not a likable character.
1: But I would I would pay attention to a story if I knew of one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean I've got notes in front of me.
0: So. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's like you know that we're, what we're going to talk about is legends because yes. that's all we have mm-hmm. um in Canon, what you see in Clone Wars is what you get other than the mention in solo that we know she's dead by that point, thanks to Tobias Beckett thanks uh so everything else in between,
1: yeah, I knew I like Tobias we don't for know, some reason.
0: and everything prior we don't know, mm-hmm. so that you know that's the only reason I included um legends on this because actually. I mean... Every other character yeah. on this list has no legend. They're completely created for canon. Yes. Which might <coughs> might upset some people. Again, I'm sorry we couldn't fit everybody in. Um, it was hard enough to pick these four. It just happened to fall in a way that we wanted to s- focus on yeah. um, these ladies that happen to all be canon only. Um,
1: and I guarantee that you're going to be happy about some a few of the four that we have... That we've chosen. Yeah,
0: so it's not to say that we think these are better because they're canon, it's just who we decided we wanted to be, wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. And again, not probably the last time we're going to talk about Women of the Galaxy, but Aura, all we really have is legends. Um, And there are some similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. Basically, the similarities are she's a bounty hunter of a very unknown species, and she's bad. uh uh-huh. Everything else is different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you like um,
0: you like backstory? No, we mentioned that uh, uh you know, we mentioned that in our Clone Wars rewatch recently. Um, that was just announced 20 years later.
1: Yeah.
0: 20 years after the species' first appearance with Aurra Sing and the Phantom Menace, we finally know what the species is thanks to Balak
1: don't give up hope for Bothans.
0: yeah uh in Star Wars uh resistance yeah. Valak shows up pirate um and so prior to that in legends all or didn't know her father Or just knew that her father was like a ghost meaning pale but he also left uh her and her mother so it's also
1: yeah
0: I meant I think meant to represent the fact that he's a ghost because he ain't here
1: if I mysteriously disappear for some reason,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you have to describe me to our children,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's how you should describe <laughs> me. She never left the house, and she was very pale.
0: So, um, we don't know, she doesn't know even, the species of her father. Mm-hmm. She just knows her mother's human. So she was a mixed race, um, but they never wanted to specify what it was. Now yeah. we know what it is. It's not half human, it's not hybrid, it's it's own thing. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah. Um, but if you can't already tell Aura's story's tragic. Yeah. In Legends. Again, it's all Legends. Um in Legends uh, she had a spice addicted mother, Mm -hmm. uh, basic you know, equivalent to drugs uh, and an absent father and was owned by slavers before even being brought to the Jedi Order. Jedi Order brought, um younglings in. Young, meaning she was a slave probably by the age of like four or five.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they assigned her a Jedi Master that was known for dealing with difficult Padawans called the Dark Woman.
1: Doesn't sound great! <laughs> in
0: order to whip her into shape, but it only caused Aura more difficulty because she never was able to progress. So. It It goes to show that sometimes a firm hand isn't what's needed. Exactly. You gotta um, leave
1: with love, y'all.
0: She was later kidnapped by pirates, and then ta- And this is as a young Padawan, by the way. Uh, she was kidnapped by pirates and taken to the huts who had her trained as an assassin, and was forced to have a sensory computer installed in her head. And hmm. Which... she, w- she went on to become famous for being a bounty hunter, specifically pertaining to Jedi.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, she probably killed a handful, maybe seven Jedi... Uh, that are documented she wielded a red lightsaber and everything i mean you know there was there was a there was a lot about her that filled in the gap of having a reason to be bitter with literally everything in the galaxy kind yeah. of um she had a good reason so with that, do you think that there's a tendency to want to make bad guys tragic to make them justifiable?
1: I don't know. It's one of those things, like, your past is an explanation, not an excuse. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... Mm. It's one of those things. Like, it, it varies.
0: Because I feel like it tends to be the case where it's like, you know, here's this terrible, terrible person doing these terrible, terrible things, but they also have a terrible, terrible past, yeah. And I don't necessarily think... I mean, in Aura's case, we weren't meant to look past that. You know, we weren't meant to... I don't think her tragedy was added in to make us look past that. But I think there's just this tendency that bad guys have to have tragic backgrounds. Yeah. Because it makes it easier than them just being bad.
1: hmm
0: Like, Palpatine, I don't think, had a tragic background, in my opinion.
1: No? He just...
0: I think he was bad to yeah, begin with.
1: he just wanted stuff. Um. Knew how to get it.
0: So I think there's cases where, yeah, they're just bad. But I think in general, most of the bad guys turn out to be bad for a reason. Now, do you think that's realistic or unrealistic?
1: hmm I think it's kind of realistic. Yeah.
0: I think based on um, our experience, believe it or not, we've run into quite a lot of experience with um, men and women who have had long histories um, with criminal backgrounds, lots of lots of dark stuff sometimes, yeah. uh, who have turned things around. Um, and you come to find out the reason they were motivated to do such bad things is because of bad things done to them. Yeah. So uh, I think we have had the chance to see, more often than not, most of these people that we come in contact with aren't bad. Yeah, for no they, reason.
1: Yeah, they're not inherently bad.
0: Right, they're they're developed.
1: Yeah. Um, but evil is learned. It's not. What's the word?
0: Born. Hereditary. Sure. I was. I said born. So I mean, same thing. Yes. You're not. You're not necessarily born with it. Isn't um, it like that? Now. I, I do believe that we're born with a tendency towards those things. Um But we make but our we, own
1: decisions. Yeah,
0: we we can we can make the choice to lean the other way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but uh so yeah, I think that Aura is an interesting case because she's yet another one of those characters that you dig in and now do you think if this was her story? Mhm. It's not, by a country mile, But do you think if this was her story that it would change anything for you?
1: I don't think it would. I mean... (coughs) (coughs) Just because bad was done to you doesn't justify you doing bad to others.
0: Well, and I think it's really because she's so good at being bad. Yeah, Um, that's why I don't like her. I think... I think they do so well in the direction and acting with Aura uh, that you really don't care what reason there is for her to do the thing she does. It's just bad.
1: Yeah, Um, she's failed. And, yeah, it's not that they're just not villains that I dislike. Or I, I... Yeah. It's not that I dislike her just because she's a villain. It's not that I don't have villains that I do like. I mean we're going to talk about one in a minute. But I don't know. It's just like you take all of her elements and baby you got a bad stew going. <laughs> like you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, she's <coughs> she's just bad juju.
1: Yeah, I I also just don't like her. Do really? Her her weird long fingers freak me out.
0: I think she's meant to be creepy. Yeah. I think I think they actually play on that a good bit with this kind of creepy vibe of her.
1: Yeah, they played on that very well you know, with the last couple of clone wars. So that's what we talked
0: about. Yeah. When she's very tall and thin you know, she's very she's very much like the pale man or the thin man from uh the conjuring two.
1: The, the crooked man, yes.
0: The crooked man.
1: She's very, Slender Man's daughter.
0: <laughs> very similar... yeah. Very similar creepy elements. Like You don't think that having longer arms and legs and fingers than usual would be enough to be creepy. But really, all in on its own, it's enough to be creepy.
1: You remember when Slender Man was a thing?
0: No, because I never cared about it.
1: I was on YouTube quite a bit in my youth and watching ARGs left and right.
0: Cool. Cool story, bro. (laughs) Moving on um, to a character that you're more recently uh, introduced to. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is, and I really wanted to talk about her, number one, because she's fantastic, and number two, because I wonder how many people know about her,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and that's Sana Staros.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she is a character exclusive to the Star Wars main run comics right now, mm-hmm. um, and she had quite the intro, and has been quite f- familiar in the cast since then. Um She's on the cover of Star Wars 61 that was released today, even yeah. so.
1: Lovely. Lovely. Been, been
0: quite, the, quite the prominent character in the stories, as we'll see with talking about her and the next le- uh, next lady.
1: Yeah. Oh, can't wait.
0: Yeah. Were you going to say something? No. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Sorry. <laughs> so, Sana Staros. Um,. She's an interesting character. Basically, she was introduced as she was hunting down Han Solo because she was she and him pretended to be married in order to pull a robbery. Uh, but then he cheated her out of her cut, uh, and she later found out that on that planet. Now, this would be the clickbait thing uh, is to say that we're talking about Han Solo's wife. Um, it's not legal everywhere, but apparently, I guess just like on that planet, it was kind of legit. Mm-hmm. So as far as that planet's concerned, she's Han Solo's wife.
1: Wife who But it's
0: not an accurate description of her. Uh-huh. Because uh, she clearly happily married to Um So, but anyway, so she uh, hunted him down, found him uh, when he was starting to put moves on Leia, actually, which was actually really uh, fun to see that dynamic. mm mm-hmm. um, It's very Han in the sense that everything's going my way, and all of a sudden it's not.
1: Yep. He's shirtless chopping wood one day, and next day, getting hunted down by your wife.
0: One happened way before the other, True. but okay. <laughs> um, uh, at first, it seems like she just wants the money, and he just wants the girl, but Solo actually shows he has a heart, and, um, and pleads with Son and not to turn in Leia for the money, um, and kind of just makes him, and proves he kind of has a heart. And I think that's enough for her to kind of just let him go a little bit, mm-hmm. and she actually ends up helping Han and Leia for a fee, and she continues to work for a fee. I mean, girls gotta learn. Girls gotta earn her 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 uh, bacon, her space bacon. Fanta. Um, She worked with Leia again when transporting Doctor Afra to Sunspot Prison, and that did not go as planned. Nope. But the best thing about that entire wacky, crazy story is that. Uh, in the end of it all, we learned that um, Sana and Afra were a couple yeah. at one point. Um, just to highlight a few of her other crazy adventures, uh, Sana also sold two Sith, a uh, 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 Sith Lord's lightsabers, two Sith Lord lightsabers, on the black market. She helped Han, Luke, Leia, and the droids steal star destroyer. She fought off with the vampire queen of the Screaming Citadel.
1: Which is a wild sentence.
0: She worked with Calrissian to swindle pirates three times in the same day, and later ran into Afra again. This time, meeting Afra's new girlfriend, uh, which was even more fun than her meeting Leia. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sonistaros just just <coughs> on the story alone is really interesting, and then you get into her amazing representation. Yeah. So Sana Staros is one of the first um, prominent uh, African American female leads of Star Wars. Yeah. We haven't really had that, to my knowledge. <clears throat> um, and then come to find out, uh, she's also well. She's not defined. I would venture to say bisexual. Probably. Since she was willing to at least be pre- pretending to marry Han. By I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but she's clearly not, she's she's clearly LGBT uh, in one form or another. And so uh, with Sana, there's also a, a lot of representation that matters to a, clearly a lot of Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Um, she represents the firsts for a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fans that can probably look at her and see themselves, or hope to see themselves. You know, I want to be like Son of Staros kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's really... I think she... And I mean, clearly, obviously, sp- it's not a spoiler alert at this point. She and Afro were a thing, so clearly Afro as well.
2: Yeah.
0: I think... Star Wars comics did so well to just make that a part of the character and not make that the reason they exist.
1: It's fantastic. Like, and. (coughs) It's very rare to get that in most forms of media. Like, it's not their pivotal character trait. Like, it's not just the entire reason that person's in the story, it's just a trait about them
0: and I think that's what makes the representation so impactful is because it's not uh it's not for an agenda, it's not for trying to be progressive. It's just it's who that character is. Yeah. Um and I, as integral of a part as she's become, you know, it's quite amazing um to see and and to see her so well received as well,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that says a lot about how far uh, storytelling has come mm-hmm. for this kind of representation.
1: Yeah, I mean, treat your people like people. That's the best advice anyone's yeah. ever given me as you know, a, someone who likes to write for right. characters just are just people.
0: Yeah, well, you know, because when you start to make something abnormally featured...
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you you want the feature, not the person.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but what's interesting about Sana is her as a person. Uh, and, I mean, she's... You know, she's crazy involved. Like I said, yeah. I mean, she's uh, she's essentially a main cast member.
1: Yeah.
0: Got a lot going on. I mean, she's just... Yeah, she does. She's like a female Boba Fett, but cooler. <laughs> like, she's she's better at bounty hunting than Boba Fett.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: better at smuggling than Han Solo. Yep.
2: And and, and
0: <laughs> she actually gets the girl. Yep. And, like, you know, now to, to clarify, I am a Boba Fett fanboy. I'm not yeah. actually saying she's better than Boba Fett. I'm just saying that we actually see her get her bounties.
2: Yeah. She's fantastic. It, it's easy
0: to say that's better than Boba Fett since we haven't seen much of Boba Fett.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm just saying, she's good at what she does. Everything she does, she's good at what she does. Um, and it doesn't feel like a cheat. It just feels like she's genuinely a strong character. Um, she's got a cool ship with a cool name, Volt Cobra. Like It's, it's like at every turn, she's almost like a better version of Han. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know? yeah in the sense that Han's a smuggler with a rinky Dink ship no, the Falcons the yes. Star Wars ship yes, yes but but the thing is like her ship's reliable <laughs> 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 um, and she can actually sneak things through like it's just one of those things where I think it's such an interesting contrast to Han, especially given their quote unquote relationship and whatnot, it's interesting how similar she is to him. Yeah. It's also interesting to see how well she's done for herself after Han kind of left her.
2: hmm
0: And if we get to the chance today to talk about Kira, she's on our list, but if we get the chance to talk, to, talk about her, yeah. you know, it's the same thing of, like, Kira and Han started out with a lot of the same elements, and clearly they both went very different directions, Yeah. and one did better in their circumstances than the other. I'm not saying that Kira's circumstances are ideal, but I'm saying she thrived in a way that Han couldn't in that situation. And I think Sana Mm -hmm. did the same thing of kind of swindled and left out. She thrived uh, in the adversity a little bit. Yeah. You know, and ultimately became a good character.
1: We've got some very fantastic, self-reliant, just awesome women in the Star Wars comics as well as, you know, in the Star Wars films as a whole. And I just, oh,
0: and, and I want to be, I I, be... And, and, and that's the thing, you know, up. Star Wars has always been feminist. Yeah. I know.
2: It's always now, been Now,
0: depending on your personal definition of feminist or feminism, that can be either a positive or a negative. I understand, you know, I mean, we've been very clear. We're Christians. Yes. You know, um, that can
1: be either positive or negative for you as well.
0: Exactly. So, coming from a group of people yeah. who believe in a certain way of life uh, that is viewed as very negative
2: yeah.
0: um, in most instances, we understand that for feminism it's the same thing as it is for everything. There, yeah. You know, there, there's people that have their own version of that thing, and it's usually left a bad taste in people's mouth. We're not talking about that. We're talking about actual equality and empowerment, yeah. and and Star Wars has always been about that for women, um, and, and so I don't think that started with Ray. I don't think that started no. with it started, these characters. It started with Leia. It started. It started with a star destroyer crossing the screen. Like it's exactly. it's always been there, uh, just like yeah. you know Star Wars political commentary. Exactly. I mean, if you think that The Last Jedi got too political like George Lucas's vision for the first film was literally like America in 10 years
2: yeah
0: uh, you know, I, that's an actual quote he thought that this is what it, this is what it could look like for us mm-hmm. and he wanted to tell a story of that not prevailing uh and so
1: yeah
0: Star Wars has all always been about these things yeah. is my point
1: it's not new uh
0: But it's great to add a character like Sana uh, and so many others to the list um, who have uh, been a part of seeing little girls read comics and feel inspired. Hey, not raised. I mean, you know, little girls can be inspired by Luke Skywalker and Han Solo too, but if they can see themselves, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
0: she's a girl and she's even better than Han Solo. Yeah. Or, you know, she's a girl, and she's a, you know, just over-the-top, cool Jedi. Yeah. You know, I being able to see those things, I think, is significant.
1: Yeah. As a kid, I will say, the first, like, I'll say, you know, film scene in general. The first thing that ever really stood out to me as, you know, a scene in a movie was... The scene of R2 playing the hologram of Leia, asking Obi-Wan for help.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then seeing Leia on screen, well, before that, seeing Leia on screen, looking in the face of Vader, and not being intimidated by him. Mm -hmm. Looking in the face of Tarkin, and not being intimidated by him. Mm -hmm. Even going so far as to insult him to his face. Yeah. It was at that point where I was like, I want to be her when I grow up.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that continues. Like, I want to be just as bold and unafraid as Leia. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and that's why star <clears throat> that's why Star Wars representation matters. Um,
1: I'm not getting choked up. You are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am literally, uh, but, um, you know, that's why Star Wars representation matters. Um, it's not significant to you until it's significant to you. And that's the only way I can put it because, because I was having a conversation of that where it's, it just, it wasn't making sense to someone why it matters. And it's because it's not going to matter to you until it matters to you. Yeah. Until you see you in it, you're not going to understand what it means to see you in it. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily specifically um, seeing someone of your gender. Or anything like that yeah. like you know i saw myself in luke skywalker in the last jedi not because it was a dude uh and not because he had a beard and i had a beard it was because i've gone through similar experiences that he went through a feeling like i failed all expectations and not wanting to get back up from that failure you know it was circumstantial representation you know And that's why, for a lot of times, like, when people want a legitimate reason, why do you like The Last Jedi? Like, a big reason I like The Last Jedi has more to do with me than other fans. Like, so I can't tell you my reason and it'll convince you. Yeah. It's my reason. And so so often with Star Wars representation, it's the same thing of, you don't get why that matters until you get it.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the most important things Star Wars gives us is imperfect heroes.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's constantly proving nobody's perfect. I mean, you know, I think we've talked before about Obi-Wan. I grew up, as many did, seeing that old wizard as just this, like, I wish I had an Obi-Wan in my life growing up. And... at. Now, grown up, I don't want an Obi Wan.
1: <laughs> Captain Bot's no. gonna come through that microphone and hit you in the back of the head.
0: He was more of a Qui Gon than an Obi Wan to me. True. Um, no, that that's joking. I would I would absolutely love if you and McGregor spent the time of day with me to teach me about life skills. But my point being, when you learn more, you realize he's not as perfect as you thought as a kid.
1: Yeah. He had a goal.
0: From his point of view, he was true and right and everything like that. And it's not to take away from him being a good guy, but it, he's a good guy with flaws. hmm And we see that over and over and over again. And yeah. The Last Jedi was not the first time to give Luke Skywalker flaws either. So I think that in all of it, you know, representation across the spectrum... Is so important, and, and Sana is just another character in that in the pages of representation in Star Wars. Yeah. That in- matters significantly.
1: Incredibly important.
0: Uh, and um, Dr. Afro, like her, hey, wife. Uh, is significant in her representation. Yes. Um, she, now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a source... If someone can give me a source, I'd appreciate that. I have not seen a source specifically identifying uh, Afra's race. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't really think it matters.
0: But she's clearly uh, Asian of sorts, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it seems. That's the way Mm -hmm. I've always interpreted it. Um, So, yet another person of color. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yet another LGBT... uh, Q. I always forget how long the acronym is. L
1: G T B plus. It's that. easier than just remembering uh, the
0: whole thing. That, well, because I always feel like they're at, I, Something's added and I didn't get yeah. it, or something's subtracted and I didn't get I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, yet another character of that representation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, quite possibly...
1: The coolest character.
0: My favorite new character of <laughs> She Star is Wars. so cool. Like... I don't want to sound like I'm blowing it up, yeah. But like, I'd be hard pressed to think of a character that has impressed me, surprised me. She's so funny. Like, entertained me yeah. as much as Afra. Like, yep. Oh my goodness! If you're not reading the Afra series,
1: what are you doing with your life?
0: You're missing so much. It's so much entertainment.
1: Also, Afra is precious.
0: And, and also offers a lot of commentary on unhealthy relationships.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yes, you do.
0: Like, that's Aphra's main superpower, is mm-hmm. being bad at relationships. Yes. Sana Staros is proof. Um, the Imperial uh, agent Tolvin is
2: mm-hmm. proof,
0: which was the new girlfriend we mentioned earlier. Um, her father is proof. Yeah. Her relationship with Darth Vader And don't read too much into that. Please don't. She worked for Darth Vader. Exactly. That that, A working relationship. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Her relationship with Triple Zero. I'd say BT, but BT just beeps and boops and shoots things, so it's not much of a relationship. Exactly. Whereas she actually has full-on ridiculous conversations with Triple Zero.
1: Yet again, so funny. So entertaining.
0: And then she's a part of a story series that tells stories you never thought would be possible in Star Wars. Yeah. If these were pitched as just Star Wars stories, they would never get told.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it works for Afra. Yeah. It works for that world that's been built. Uh, it was created. She was created by uh, Karen Gillan during the first Darth Vader comic series yeah. back in twenty fifteen. Is still getting her own comic series ongoing right now with no yeah. signs of stopping soon. Just mind boggling. Uh, levels of yeah. uh, intrigue with her character.
1: Yeah, we share a nickname.
0: <laughs> you're entertained by her, <laughs> but you're also frustrated by her. Um,
1: yeah,
0: she's like the most self-aware, but uh, ditzy
1: mm-hmm.
0: person. Like, I'm so like the how complex her character is, but also how simple her character is at the same time. It's just yeah. it should and, be a contradiction, but.
1: She is a learned woman. Oh yeah, she's an archaeologist. She's
0: yeah, she's she's an educated uh, lady. Yeah. So if you don't know, I mean, we haven't even talked about the character so much, just no. <laughs> more from the story standpoint. But um, we're talking about Chely lona Afra or Doctor Afresh. She's most referred to. Um, she was uh, born to a work obsessed father and a miserable mother who um, they called her Boop. Um, her father was obsessed with the Ordu Aspectu, the Masasi, and, an, and the ancient Jedi Order, and believed he could discover how to bring light back into the galaxy. Uh, Ordu Aspectu and Masasi have deep legends claim um, for all my Kotor nerds out there. You got that. Uh, eventually, her parents split. Avra's mother was killed um, after she moved with her. Uh, into the Outer Rim, she eventually returned, trying to burn down her father's lab. When that nice. didn't work, she enrolled in university to become an archaeologist, defied all expectations of uh, success and managed to become an archaeologist. Um, and then just endless amounts of adventure. Uh, it, she eventually was led to be recruited by Darth Vader in an attempt to overthrow the Emperor. This also led to her acquiring and activating the triple-zero matrix in a protocol droid and being given access to the top-secret Imperial Killbot BT-1, um, literally the evil versions of C-3PO and R2.
1: My new um, favorite droid duo.
0: Aphra <laughs> has been on many crazy adventures, including working with the Wookiee ba- bounty hunter Black Criston, falling in love with an Imperial agent, fighting off a force-powered uh, fungus. Yes, you heard that right. Yeah, uh, getting eaten alive by an ancient beast, and more.
1: If that did not just convince you to read Doctor Aphra or just Darth Vader, also also fantastic series.
0: Yeah, and she's also crossing s- paths with uh, Doctor Evazon, who's recently returned to Star Wars canon. He's still alive, folks. Yay! And Ponda Baba has a robot arm now. Be afraid! Sick. Be very afraid. <coughs> so, <laughs> I mean. We can't even do justice how crazy and wacky her story gets, um but yet again, she is such a representation to so many mm-hmm. and I think she's a great example of how the boundaries of Star Wars storytelling can be pushed. yeah, we think we know what Star Wars can be and can't be, um and yet then comes along Dr. Afra, yeah, and everything you think could be or couldn't be is broken and bent and twisted, and all of a sudden you have some of the craziest but awesome stories ever. Yeah. Now, I say that knowing that that could also be a reason most people might not like Afra and her stories. I get it. She's very different. Yeah. But I think she requires a certain level of open-mindedness
1: yeah.
0: to accept. Um,
1: have you ever wanted to see Indiana Jones but a woman in space? Dr. Afra. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she kind of has some of the crazy like except all of her archaeological adventures in like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like nothing like you'd expect and yeah. usually probably involving bad CGI.
1: <laughs> Man. I was so disappointed with this. it. We're not going to get into that.
0: I thought it was all right.
1: It's fine but this isn't Kingdom of the Crystal Skull
0: cast. <laughs> it exists. That's.
1: Shia LaBeouf was a person.
0: Yeah. I, you know. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a Shia LaBeouf defender. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit.
1: He, he's following you about forty feet back.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Actual cannibal Shia um,
0: LaBeouf. So yeah, so Doctor Afro, one of our favorite characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could definitely. Um, and man, I just wish we had the amount of time possible to talk about everyone we want to talk about. But yeah. unfortunately, we just don't have time. And because we're so long-winded with how much we do say about certain characters, yeah, eh, it happens. <laughs> um, but that's all the more reason we continue to say this is not the end of Women of the Galaxy. Probably not the last time we will talk about these amazing women.
2: No.
0: Uh, I really, really, really wanted to talk about Basine Nattel especially since she's been recently returned to limelight with the michael Morrissey star wars adventures flight of the falcon series but alas time is not our ally um and as i mentioned we were also going to talk about uh kira didn't get to that zam wessel didn't get to that uh we 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 tried to be conservative with how much we said we would talk about and yet again we yeah. still
1: And then Dr. Africa couldn't fit it. Um <laughs> we I got. actually
0: think we talked more about uh Sana. Um Yeah.
1: She's a very important character.
0: Well, be- both both deal with so much of Star Wars representation. That I think that's what took the most is talking about Star Wars representation. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed what we did manage to talk about and fit in the episode. Um Again, if we didn't mention your favorite rogue lady, let us know on Twitter or Facebook, and maybe in the next Women of the Galaxy episode, we will get to them. Yeah. Um And, trust me, there will be more Women of the Galaxy feature content. Um, other than that, uh, we did not get uh, any traffic on our uh, questions for you guys uh, and whatnot, and given we had so much news, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so that way we're not keeping your ears occupied for two hours, um, just an hour and a half today. Mm-hmm. But if you'd like to send us a question for the Q&A to be featured on the end of an episode, then you can figure find our uh, post on Twitter or Facebook and do that. Any Star Wars-related question you might have, some what-ifs, some why-nots, some hows, whatever it may be, uh, you can shoot us uh, those questions on social media. We'd be happy to include them at the end of next week's main show other than that there's nothing really to announce other than uh this weekend on patreon we will be releasing our 10 things we love about revenge of the sith i know when we did our boba fett we episode we talked about that posting that weekend that was before um a shelter fire happened at work and all kinds of other chaos happened uh so uh we had to be flexible
1: Mm. meaning
0: it'll get out this weekend So if you'd like to know more about that and more about what goodies we have for those who uh, choose to support the show with a monthly gift, you can head over to Patreon and find out what uh, different tiers we have and different goodies we offer. Thank you to Rebecca on Patreon who helps make this show happen with her continued support and encouragement. Uh, And thank you to everybody else um, that gives us such kind words uh, on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. We really appreciate you guys. We just crossed over... 7,000 total plays, meaning a lot of people (laughs) have listened to our little Star Wars podcast, which is amazing. Thank you guys so much for uh, all your support. Um, We continue to encourage you guys to continue that support uh, in leaving reviews, telling others what you think about it, sharing the podcast with your friends, and again, of course, checking out our Patreon page to help make sure that we can continue to deliver quality content and continue to expand the show and do more cool stuff all that awesomeness um other than that guys we will leave you to it don't forget to let us know your favorite rogue ladies uh and then other than that we will see you on friday with our clone wars rewatch uh we'll be talking about zero a lot so (laughs) bring your happy faces for that yeah um Anyway, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne.
1: And I've been herd mom, Megan.
0: You guys stay scruffy, and may the force be with you.